if you forgot what winning feels like, you might just have a chance to get that feeling again. If you play the WGT Challenge, go to freewgt.com, download the app, and this week we're playing hole nine on the Kiowa Island closest to the hole challenge. All you got to do is play, try to get it nice and tight, take a screenshot, and send it over to us. And even if your attempts are futile, you will still get a chance to be in our grand prize drawing, which is your choice of tickets to a game or a jersey of whatever player you want. So make sure you go to freewgt.com and download the app and play along with us today, and you might be a winner. Welcome in to the DNVR Broncos podcast presented by Strava Craft Coffee. Strava Craft Coffee is a CBD-infused coffee that not only tastes incredible, it can relieve everyday aches and pains. Zach's girlfriend loves it, and so you should love it too, and, and I like it quite a bit myself. So, as Strava says, drink deeply, live fully, which we need those type of vibes in our <laughs> lives right now. Use code BSN2019 to receive 20% off. Well... I think we should start here, and Chris Harris Jr. is thinking about living fully, and he's not getting that opportunity <laughs> here in Denver, so it seems. Last night, um, in a story published by Mark Kisla of the Denver Post, he quoted Chris as saying, I've got nothing left. I ain't got nothing to say, I think it was. 13 more weeks for me. Hmm. Woo. And let can I just... Pat myself on the back, <laughs> just quickly here. <laughs> Neither of you said yes, so I guess that's a no. <laughs> of course. Yeah. I had I published my story slightly before our friend Mark did, and I literally finished my story referencing an old uh, Nuggets thing that happened where they broke a huddle saying one, two, three, six weeks, <laughs> and I changed it to one, two, three, thirteen weeks. <laughs> Not and bad. And then Chris literally said 13 more weeks for me impressive is it, is it going to be that long and that, that's, <laughs> that's the question that is the and, and again like what i was trying to make the point of in my story which you can read on the dnvr.com was that things this we've reached the point now where things could get very ugly and one of the, the things i i reference in there is is players playing for themselves players counting down the weeks until they get out of here, et cetera, et cetera. And now we're seeing that bear out right in front of our eyes as Chris essentially just told you he's out. Not that that should necessarily come as a surprise, but there's 13 more weeks. He can't even contain himself from starting the countdown now. Well, you talk about things potentially getting ugly and – it sort of complements with, with what I wrote as well because I'm talking about how this team has to accept and embrace the fact that it's rebuilding. Well, how much does this toxic atmosphere 
which is what is developing right now, how much does that hurt the development of young players that they're getting a chance to witness this? So if you don't make some trades, if you don't clear the air of the things that are breaking this locker room down from inside, even if you're sacrificing talent, are you not stunting the growth of the young players, not just in terms of their development as players, but also their emotional and mental development as players? Why wait? Why wait? The the season is over. And obviously the reason why wait is because John Elway may not believe it's over. Whoa, whoa, whoa. there's a 0.83 <laughs> chance that they can make the playoffs. Exactly. One team's done it. The 92 San Diego Chargers did it. But outside of that, the, se- the season's over. And why would you wait? Because the only thing that's going to happen is this toxi- toxicity Good that, that, that you're talking about, Mace, is, is only going to continue to spread. It's only going to get worse. And then on top of that, teams are only going to know that you are getting more desperate to sell your guys. Don't wait till the value is as low as it's going to be. Try to sell it as high as it is. Von Miller got two sacks yesterday. He rose his value back up. Chris Harris Jr., he, he could go out and have a two, three pick game, maybe even a one pick game. I don't think that's really going to change his value that much. His value is probably right where it is. Manuel Sanders values as good as it's going to be. Um, and those are the guys that you're going to get a big return for. Why wait? As it relates to Chris, especially, it's almost embarrassing to wait, in my opinion, at this point. He, he just told you, I'm counting down the days until I can get out of here. Why not? start this movement and I love Chris I would hate to see him get traded from a personal standpoint here but come on I mean he just told you he's playing for himself he just told you that he doesn't want to be here he just told you that that he's not a part of the future of this team and and at 0-4 the only thing that matters is the future of this team so I'm with you Zach I just feel like there's a lot of hesitation uh, with the idea of a rebuild. And it needs to stop because, to quote uh, the former longtime AD at Florida, Jeremy Foley, if something needs to be done eventually, it must be done immediately. Mm. Why wait? I like that. I like that. Why wait? And here's the thing. Last week, we, I mean, really, after Oakland, we we started thinking, holy cow, where's this going to go? Then after week two, we were like, oh, here's where it's going. Then last week... We knew where this was going, but I understood if the organization didn't want to accept it because there was still a little bit uh, of, of hope with, you know, being 2.5% teams that start 0-3 make the playoffs. But now it's not so. Maybe they want to wait till 0-5 where literally zero teams have been able to, to refresh the season. But it's pretty safe to say that this season is, is over. It is over for all intents and purposes. And I think the last thing that this fan base wants at this point is to hear a bunch of platitudes about how there's still a chance to get it done. And it'll be even more nonsensical if we hear it next week because they would literally be in territory that no Broncos team has ever been in before if they lose this game because they would be 0-5. They would be sitting on a nine-game winning streak that would be the longest, or losing streak, that would be the longest in 52 years, and this tied for the second longest in Denver Broncos history. Quick question. We think that the public needs to hear this, and internally they may not think that. But this, it, it, in my, when I think of this, 
Vic Fangio can't say this, right? Vic Fangio can't come out today and be asked, are you guys rebuilding and, and, and want to focus on the young guys or do you think you have the players to win? Vic can't say, yeah, we're rebuilding right now. That needs to come from John, doesn't it? 1,000%. Yeah. Vic, can't, Vic literally can't say that. It yeah. would be silly of him to say that because do you think not even Brian Flores is saying that and they're actively trying to lose. <laughs> um, it has to come from the top down and – and, and Vic has to at least pretend that, you know, he's trying to do the best thing for the team right now or else, you know, you could have a mutiny on your hands where the, the veterans are revolting against this idea that they're going to play all the young guys. They're slowly but surely going to start going in that direction. You're going to see it. You're going to see more Draymond Jones and more Demarcus Walker and, uh, you know, maybe even more Isaac Yadam. Hate it or love it. Um, Mike Purcell. Mike Purcell. There's going to be a lot of if, – if, if you're here beyond next, next year, or if you're here beyond this year, I should say, then you are going to be favored. But Vic Fangio still has to say, we're trying to do what's best for the team to win on Sunday. And you can do what's best win on the, for the team on Sunday while rebuilding. You can make sure you play the best guys, but sometimes that's the guys that have the most upside. Well, yeah, I mean, you're going to have to, even if you believe Joe Flacco is the best guy, you're going to have to play Drew Locke, and you're going to have to tell people that that's because you think he's going to give you the best chance to win. And personally, I think a little bit of fire that he brings might actually give them the best chance to win. And that's actually what you can say, that maybe we need a little bit of fire, we need a spark. How often have you heard teams over the years talk about quarterback changes and use the rationalization, we need a spark? To make that move, and you can just you can rationalize that with Flacco, but the other th- with Lock for Flacco, but the other thing that comes into play is that if you put Drew Lock in there, you're saying, okay, we expect and hope that by six to seven weeks down the line, that he's better than Joe Flacco. Let me just ask you this, and God, I'm so sick of the the lack of fire with this team. Drew Lock throws a touchdown pass with a minute and thirty to go to put the Broncos on top. Do you think he just moseys over to the sideline and, and, and takes his helmet off and looks like he's stressed beyond belief? No. No. This man no. throws a touchdown, puts on like a dope touchdown celebration, runs over to the sideline, starts smacking Von Miller and Bradley yeah. Chubb and all these guys on the helmet saying, let's effing go finish this thing off. Yeah. And if you don't think that that matters, then you didn't watch – the Broncos when Tim Tebow was their quarterback <laughs> because you know Von Miller will tell you straight up that Tim Tebow's leadership helped the defense Tim Tebow's fire helped the defense when he scored or w- when he was waiting on the sidelines just hoping to get a chance they thought in their heads oh man if we just give Tim a chance he's going to lead us to victory yep there's something to be said about fire and desire and and will and leadership and while Joe Flacco brings the calming presence that is a great thing to have when things are going great he's the one who can stop the guys from reading their proverbial press clippings and hearing about how great they are when things are going terribly and even if things are going okay it can still work when things are going terribly it's it's bad and and this team desperately needs a spark they need it from Drew? Absolutely. They have to wait till at least week nine for Drew, and let's hope it happens week nine no matter what. But they also need it from guys. Play the guys that want to be here. 
that have the fire, that have the passion, that have the energy. If Chris is playing for himself uh, and, and other guys as well, if they're playing for next year, well, then let them move on this year and let Devontae Bosby play. I think Devontae Bosby played 100% of the defensive snaps yesterday. See if you have a player there. See if he's your slot guy. See if he's your outside guy. See if he's a, a number two, a number one, or if he needs to go next year. And then you have two Three holes at cornerback. Let Isaac Yadam. I know you guys don't want to see him on the field. Let him see if he can get it figured out. He was a third-round pick just last year. Is it crazy to say that a third-round pick can figure it out in their second year? No, it's not crazy at all. But find out if you need to go draft another cornerback in the third round, which probably wouldn't be the best idea as the other two have failed. But figure all of this out now. We said it yesterday. This season is a success if you find out exactly what you have in Drew Locke. It is a complete failure. It It is a complete failure if you don't find out what you have in Drew Locke. Same with the rest of the roster. Find that out. And then also in the process, get some fire. Get some people that want to play. Get some excitement back in this Broncos team. You need all these things. Also, just randomly as I'm thinking about fire and that sort of thing, why was Philip Lindsay underutilized so much yesterday when he was having his best game of the season? Royce Freeman got was on the field like 55% of the snaps. Philip Lindsay was on the field for like 45%. And what was Phil's yards per carry? Because when I looked at it in the middle of the second half, he was way up there. It was he ran nine times 53 yards, 5.9 yards per carry. 5.9 yards per carry. And yep. how many how many runs was that? 9 criminal Royce had six at a 2.7 yards per average and uh, that was it he only ran the ball 16 times including a Joe Flacco run 16 runs and you're, 30 and 38 pass plays by the way you were winning let's not forget yep you were winning you're, from the get-go if you hand the ball off to Phil 20 times in the second half you probably win the game yeah so you're saying you want to run Phil into the ground I'm saying I'm trying to do what it takes to win football games. What about now? Does that change? Yes. Your philosophy changes? Yes, it 100% does. So now you're okay with relying on Royce and just keeping Phil fresh? I mean, I, I guess. Uh, it's hard to, to, to say that out loud. But, yeah, I mean, it just doesn't make sense to me. Obviously, you're not going to give him 20 carries in one half. But you get the point. Yeah. You're winning the football game. Why are you going away from the guy who's averaging six yards a carry? doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. And I feel like we were at this exact same spot last year. This was like finally when they realized they had to pass the torch to Phil. Yep. Is, and, and we were sitting right here in this room, and I was saying like, didn't Phil average six yards per carry? I was like, how did he only have ten runs? Yep. <laughs> yep, exactly. Let's break down this game, the, the ending of this, this game really quick in this first segment, and review our quick hitters. We'll do this quick. Does Jalen Ramsey play Mace? Or I was the only one that thought, yes, you guys were right. Were you guys surprised that he was there? Yeah, the whole thing was just surprising. <laughs> Here's the thing. If he fears getting the flu and if, he, and if he's having back trouble, it doesn't seem like the smartest thing to do to put him on the plane <laughs> with other guys who are coming down with the flu, having that recirculated air working its way around that big, shiny metal tube, and have him with the back issue sitting in an airplane seat for four hours each way back and forth from North Florida. If, 
Gardner Minshew gets the flu, I'm going to be pissed. <laughs> he, let me just say, he's just here so he doesn't get fined. Yep. Do the Broncos get a sack? We all said yes. Yeah, they got one, two, three, four, five of them. Probably should have been six, seven, eight. Yep, needed eight. They would have won for sure. Do the Broncos get a turnover? Ryan and I both said no. Mace, you said yes. I chose optimism. <laughs> hey, the ball was on the ground late. Yep. But Gardner Minshew <laughs> that was, picked it right back up. Gardner Minshew just likes to dribble the ball while he's going back for, sack, <laughs> for passes. I mean, it's just that the ball bounces square yep. to come right back up to him. It's he's incredible. a point guard. <laughs> Dribbling it out. Joe Flacco sacks three and a half. We all took the over. Under. Zero. None. None at all. <laughs> it's a nice bounce back game for some guys on the offensive line, at least in pass pro, against that Jaguars pass rush. They shredded the Titans. Ten days earlier. And speaking of one of those guys, Garrett Bowles holding. We all said yes. No. Two in a row. He's on fire. <laughs> he did have a, a, a tackle attempt and a tackle, <laughs> but they were both legal. Also, he had a just a terrible play on a third down where he was the lead blocker. There were two guys out on the edge. He blocked zero of them, <laughs> and and he was there. like He was completely in position. In fact, if you go back and watch the tape, if he had just thrown himself at the guy in, that was in the front, he could have taken both of them out, and we might have seen a, a Phil break one. So what I'm hearing from you is pick up the fifth-year fifth option. Hmm. <laughs> Joe Flacco interceptions, .5. Ryan and I said yes. Mace, again, you took optimism, said no, and boy, that one pick really came back to bite him. I still – when do we get to talk to Joe? Wednesday. Is that too late to ask him to re-clarify what happened? Because <laughs> I just want to know what he – Mace, did you, re, did you see the quote? No. From Joe – If you, you go you, back and read the quote from yeah. Joe trying to explain his interception, it literally makes – I read it 17 times. And I'm happy because I think before you read the quote, I, I talked to Joe and heard that quote, and my head was spinning. And I told you I have – I, I think he was speaking gibberish. I think he, like, went insane when answering this question. And then I'm happy that you went back, read it, and, and felt the exact same way. Now that we've talked about this twice, <laughs> I'm going to pull it up for you guys. I want you guys to hear what Joe Flacco said. He just has no idea. On whether the interception was a miscommunication between he and wide receiver Emmanuel Sanders. Quote, it was my fault. My eyes messed with me. I look at the pick, obviously, as a difference. Cortland got covered, and I looked back to throw what I thought was my shallow cross, and Emmanuel wasn't in my vision yet. All of a sudden, Emmanuel came into my vision as I was getting ready to throw what I thought was my shallow cross, and it just completely interrupted what I thought. I didn't have any idea who he was at that point. He was just really, he was just really in my line of sight. I tried pulling back the ball yet again, and it just floated out high to the guy who was kind of coming down and lurking the safety. I'm just dying. What? The part, where, the part where it gets real deep is what he says. I didn't have any idea who he was at that point. Dude, you're telling us this story. You're, you're killing me. I, I, he, he lost me uh, entirely there. But, hey, I, I just want to know. Like, I just want to hear maybe a more succinct uh, description of what may have happened. There. I would love if his answer was just, I, I have no idea. I don't know. Bad play. Yeah, I would have been better. <laughs> yeah. All right, Sanders catches five and a half. Ryan and I both took the over. Mace went with the under, and I'm trying to pull it up right here. Did, wasn't it? Oh, my gosh. I know he had 100 yards. Here we go. Five catches exactly on the dot. So, Mace, you hit it on the head there. And two more here. Uh, Broncos points, 19 and a half. Ryan and I both took the under. Mace, you went optimism, took the over, and boom, they hit. 
24. <laughs> 24. The Do first... we call that an offensive explosion? It was. It was the best yeah. yards per play they've had since Peyton Manning left. Yep. And then the final question, would you rather have Gardner Minshew or Joe Flacco? I think after yesterday. So obvious. Minshew. How would Minshew have reacted if he had led that drive bring the Broncos back with a minute and a half left in regulation? Just like Drew Locke. Yep. He would have been rallied up, riled up, screaming at the defense to get it done. Here's the thing. This is a young team, and it needs a leader that reflects the youth, the enthusiasm that sustains and builds that. I just don't think Joe Cool is the right leader for this team. Exactly, exactly. And all right, let's review our picks really quick from the weekend. Eagles at Packers, the Thursday night game. I think you guys talked about this on Friday, but the Packers weren't. We all picked the Packers. They didn't just cover. They did not win. The Eagles got them. In the AFC West, the Chiefs and Lions. Chiefs were seven-point favorites, one by four. What, touchdown with 12 seconds left or something? We all picked the Chiefs. In fact, the Lions covered the spread. Chargers and Dolphins. Ryan and I picked the Chargers. Mace picked the Dolphins. 16 points. I think they beat them by 20. Yep. So, Mace, we got you there. Raiders at Colts. We all took the Colts to cover seven points. And what is this? The Raiders look good now? I don't know. They're uh, At least Vontez Perfect is yep. done. Done for the season. Broncos won't face him. Get, get him out of this league. I'm so sick of watching him try and hurt people. He and- doesn't learn. That's the no. thing. They've tried. They've, they've suspended him repeatedly. He, if you don't learn, eventually you have to take this sort of it's, action. The, the thing is, I'm not mad at him. I'm mad at his coaches. They're the ones who enable him. John Gruden enables him. The reason that John Gruden has him on his team is for that reason. He wants him to do that. Right. Yep. Wants a mentality and, and wants that type of Wants play. him to intimidate people. And you better believe people are intimidated out there. He's trying to kill them. Yeah. Yeah, so he will not be playing the rest of the season. And final one, I'm sorry, everyone, that I have to gloat over this, but I was the only one to pick the Jags to win this game. And uh, you guys thought the Broncos were going to cover the spread, so I picked up a game on you here. We all Congratulations. Did thank you, thank you. Did anyone go over 500 this week? No. Okay. <laughs> all right, before we move on, shout out to Breckeridge Brewery. They have uh, something cool coming for you soon. It is called... The Hootenanny. Ooh. And I don't know about you, but if, if you mix Breckenridge Brewery with something called a Hootenanny, I want to be there. It is essentially their birthday celebration. They're celebrating the birthday of Breckenridge Brewery, and they're bringing in bands. And, and uh, I went to one of these concerts that they have there. It is actually a sick concert venue. Um, they kind of have a, a natural amphitheater there just within the brewery, and they get it rolling. They got the Disco Biscuits headlining this. I think that's Zach's favorite band. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tell us all about them, Zach. <laughs> I'll sing you a song later. <laughs> okay. Um, so, anyways, make sure you check out the Hootenanny. Zach, do you have the date in front of you? Yeah, I, oh, man. I just went across it. I'll pull it up in just a second. All right. Anyways, check out the Breckenridge Brewery Hootenanny if you're in town down there. Uh, just off of Santa Fe, it's going to be a great time. On October 5th, to celebrate their 29th birthday, October 5th is a little hootenanny. That's this Sunday. Sunday. Woo. So, a hootenanny, a Broncos game day, on the road, obviously, all in one day. Good stuff. Boy, that sounds like a hootenanny to me. And if you go to this hootenanny, you may need some rehydration. Ah, uh, yes, you may. And there's nothing better to help you than Vita Mobile IV, and I'm sure you guys have already seen it and heard about it, but our own RK, 
The man sitting across from me, the man with 10,000 Twitter followers, had this 10, experience. 10,500. Oh, sorry. Pardon me. It doesn't tell me anymore. It just says 10. It says 10.5. <laughs> 10,506 to be exact. There Thank we you, go. Man. The guy with 10,506 followers had this after, of course, the watch party, which was a fun preseason game because we made it fun because we got together as a group just like we did yesterday. And if you guys get together with Breckenridge Brew, you're going to need this after the Hootenanny. So Vita Mobile IV came to Ryan's rescue after that day, and they come through. And let me tell you, they come to your home, office, dorm room, or whatever you, wherever you need some serious hydration. Can you imagine being in the office? <laughs> yeah. We just mosey into the office. Everyone's like, wow. And then, like, minutes later, they're rolling in an IV into your corner office. Everyone's like, okay, yeah, he was pretty. You can only do that if you're the boss, right? Yes. Can you imagine if you're like a low-level person? You're, you're uh, sitting in the, what do they call those? Cubicles. Cubicles. <laughs> Vita Mobile IV rolls in there and hooks you up. You're like, oh, thanks. <laughs> Rough night last night. <laughs> that's that's going to be people on Monday morning after the Hootenanny on Sunday. That's very true. <laughs> and they, they hook you up. It's made for, for, for professional... Uh, Whatever. <laughs> it'll take care of you. Make sure you use the code HYD20 to get 20% off your first IV drip right there in your cubicle. <laughs> All right, let's now hop into the questions from the listeners, and oh boy, they've got a lot to say, and rightfully so, and what we do on this podcast is we let the people be heard, so Zach, why don't you get us started here? And the first one, oh my gosh, we got 50 of them. The first one, coming in from Oklahoma Bronco 58, says there's going to be many fans that turn into alcoholics because of this team. The constant up and downs and inconsistencies leave us with the only constant left in the Broncos, which is inconsistently inconsistency i'm reminded of a quote in one of my favorite movies division three football's finest where the head coach says how can i f up today i feel as onto the broncos as i feel as though the broncos are stuck in this state and can't get out of their own way and are actively looking for ways to mess up anyways i am sad and on top of that, my fantasy team is following suit with the Broncos as I am en route to an own four start as well. Anyways, I maintain my slim hopes in this franchise in Drew and anxiously await Locktober to come. That's all for now. I look forward to tuning in to all of the podcasts that provide at least a sliver of hope for the future. Depends who you ask. Some people think we're not providing a sliver of hope <laughs> for the future. <laughs> we'll keep talking about the sliver of hope, and that is Drew Lock. Next one comes in from Coach Tobin. Who says, holy heck, and, and Mace, you made a the uh, knock-knock, who's there, Owen joke. Yes. <laughs> this one might be better. He says, Vic Fangio in four, Joe Flacco in four, Rich Scangarello in four. Oh, dear. <laughs> wow. Ouch. Wow. What are we doing, he says, win now mode, but end with another six-win season. Dead zone. Good luck getting to six. Simply put, we need new GM and leadership with a realistic focus on what is going on. I hate it, but I'm going to hang in there because I love my Broncos and the DNVR fam. I hear Bill Snyder and Brett Favre are available. Let's get old as bleep. That's what our leadership is about. It's not the 90s anymore. Mm. Maybe we should all come to a game dressed in, like, grunge attire or something 90s. <laughs> yes, I'll wear my Nirvana shirt. <laughs> I'll wear that bow tie we saw on the TV. I don't know. Is that 90s? Probably not. No, it seems no. like 20s. Seems bad. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> who was that again? Ryan Clark? Yep. Actually, Ryan? the big bow tie is probably like more like 1970s tux. 
Mm. Okay. kind of thing. Okay. <laughs> Ryan Clark was wearing a bow tie that is literally the size of Zach's entire head. <laughs> I could wear it as my coat. You could. Or a scarf. Mm. So do we read the responses to the original comment or just go to the next one? Um, yeah, Sorry. Sunny Rain says, actually, maybe it is the 90s. I seem to remember something like 0-4 and 94. <laughs> He's right. <laughs> Ding. And actually, that was 0-4 and, and dating back to the previous season, that included a four-game home losing streak, which is the longest, which now the Broncos have another four-game losing streak, the longest since 93-94. You know who wasn't 0-4-94? Colorado Buffaloes. <laughs> Great season. Uh, anyways, he said Vilka Dan also chimes in on that one and says, if you want a new GM with a realistic focus on what's going on, I would like to put forward Adam Rank as the only logical candidate, even though he might have been a little too optimistic. Oh, my goodness. I think he penciled in um, the Titans as yep. the first win, and then the other one is the Lions, which the Lions looks like a tough one at this point. Looks more like the Raiders if they're going to win one of those last two games than the Lions, even though... Uh, I don't know. You can't. It, if they're look, you guys were talking about this last night. If the Titans win this coming Sunday and the Broncos lose, it's very possible the Broncos are not favored in any game the rest of the way. <laughs> and also, like zero and eight, zero and not yeah, no zero and eight pre Drew Lock season is possible as well. Very possible. The other thing that'll happen, and Iceman's comment sort of gets into this a little bit, if. This team gets to 0 and 7, 1 and 7, 0 and 8, 1 and 8, that sort of thing. Then what we know about this team with the ownership situation and the trust and not having a real owner, it's going to become a national story. It's been kind of a local story. Nationally, the focus is more on Pat Bowlen and his fight with Alzheimer's, him dying, and then going into the Hall of Fame. But now the ownership stuff may become a story outside of Denver and Colorado. Everybody loves a train wreck. Yes. <laughs> exactly. This one for, okay, back to Iceman's comment here. Hey, boys, my first quarter of the 100th NFL season grades. The NFL B. The NFL is not an A with a non-relevant Denver Broncos football club. Hey. The Bowen family F. They allow the trust and Joe and John to continue on. I'm going to have to stop you there. Yeah, that, doesn't that's work that not way. on them at all. Uh, they're actually, oh, many of the members of the family are trying to stop that. Like w- with lawsuits. They can't, yeah, they can't do anything right now. They're trying to do what they can. Right. Mm-hmm. Mr. Bowen, forever an A-plus owner and businessman and NFL media executive, RIP, sir. If you're mad about the trust, there's only one person to be mad at about it. Mm-hmm. Just saying. Yeah. Yep. Number four, the Denver Broncos trust F. They allow the Denver Broncos to continue to completely fail. Five, the so-called Denver Broncos front office, F. Six, the so-called Denver Broncos coaching staff, F. Seven, Johnny Boy Elwood Teeth, F. Eight, the Denver Broncos scouting department, F. Nine, the Denver Broncos training and conditioning staff, F. Ten, the Denver Broncos offense, F. No players named. Eleven, the Denver Broncos defense, F. No players named. Twelve, the Denver Broncos special teams, F. No players named. Go DNVR. I'd say we could really only go up from here. <laughs> that's uh, that's one way to view it, and a no one four start won't uh, make you disagree too much. Next one coming in from Mile High Hitman. He says run defense and tackling was horrid. Hypothetical world seems like more fun than 2019. So here we go. How would the 2016 Broncos have done if they had Flacco that season? Playoffs. Twelve and four. Yeah, they would have been good. It sucks. <laughs> uh, Bronco seventy seven says it's horrible to see all the Elway hate on social media. 
We all thought we had an elite defense this year, a defense that Elway built, but they were far from elite in the second half. I thought the offense largely played very well. We asked for over 20 points, and they produced. We asked for sacks, and the defense produced. We lost Jewel to injury, and suddenly there were the gaps the size of Lake Michigan in our defense. The most frustrating element was that nobody did anything to change it. Vic clearly needs to be in the booth so he can get a better view, but nobody on the field showed any leadership to change things at the line and stop the run. Once again, we found a different way to lose. Thanks, as always, for your hard work, guys. Sorry for the long rant. And even though they're not in the front seven, it's sort of a domino effect. Not having Kareem Jackson and Bryce Callahan out there also had an impact on wearing away the defense. There's also no reason to not put Vic in the booth at some point and just see if you can make it work and see if it's better. Push the button. Why not? Just wait for Drew Locke season because then if it actually works, then (laughs) it will make Drew look better in the end. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All right. Next one here is from Sunny Rain. You got that one, Mace? Oh, you go ahead. It's your turn. Okay. It was. Oh, I lost track. So I noticed Vic was all bent over again. We were up 14-3. to three. I'm just going to assume the guy's in pain with the kidney stone thing. <laughs> it's got to be crazy maddening to be dealing with something like that and dealing with all that's wrong with this team. LA needs to bail the dude out. There's no need for risking whatever could be risked with his health or making a spectacle on the sidelines if he ends up needing help. Just give him time away to get himself taken care of. It's not like, it's not like it matters that much at this point. Just hand the reins to Mike Munchak so we can march our way to a top five pick where we'll blow it. Actually, John's been pretty good at top five picks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's the most reliable part of the draft for him. I don't think Vic is like I I don't think Vic is physically doing poorly. The 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 hunched over <laughs> thing, is that like what is that maybe the way he likes to think? Yeah. It's happened in every game now. Yeah. What if it's he's what if it, he doesn't like standing for three hours straight? Put him in the booth. <laughs> <laughs> I don't disagree, but Sonny Rain's calling for him to be like put on medical leave. Yeah, that's not going to happen. No. Yeah. He's a pretty tough dude. He's not going anywhere. If anything, he'd Hugh Freeze it up in the box in a dentist's chair. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's what Vic should do. Like, uh, be on the sideline in a, a, a sprained ankle. Uh, He's like, I can't yeah. make my way up and down the sidelines. Yeah. I guess I just have to go to the booth. And then that week, the defense goes out and gives up nine points. And then he's like, yeah, we'll just we'll we'll just stay with what works. He can just Gardner Minshew his own ankle. <laughs> yeah. Just take a hammer to that baby. <laughs> you know, the one thing I know is that if you keep doing the same thing, you expect the same results, right? Yes. So yes, exactly. Anyway, Juan Pablo. Hey guys, really heartbroken with the team this year. Have never seen such a controversy of philosophy of play and the actual play. Vic Fangio spent the offseason talking about death by inches. And we lose yet another game in a big part because of bad tackling by this defense, a defense that was supposed to be at the very least good, trending to elite, but is in fact giving away games. I'm counting the days to see Drew Locke play since this is the only hope I have for the rest of the season and really hope we can finish with at least three wins just so we prove that Adam Rank didn't know what he was talking about. Just one last thing, which position is looking more like the more likely to be the first-round pick for the Broncos next year, O-line or inside linebacker. Thanks for the hard work. Love the coverage. Vic Fangio, remember when he talked about tackling being a non-negotiable <laughs> yep. to play on his defense? Yep. And they just keep whiffing and whiffing and whiffing. I mean, Will Parks, he's a friend of the program, good guy. We really like him. It was a bad tackling day for Will Parks. For a lot of people on the defense. Yeah, I mean, it truly was uh, directly correlated with Josie leaving. Yeah. He's been a great tackler this season so far. So. I mean, you don't want him in coverage, as we saw in Danny Vitale last week in Green Bay. But as a tackler, cleaning up a play, especially against the run, He's absolutely essential. And uh, the question about O-line or inside linebacker first-round pick next year. 
I'd say probably O-line because inside linebacker, looking at the starting look at the class right now, it looks like the quality and best value is in the round two to three range. Yep. And look, so, if you wanted a first-round inside linebacker, you had one sitting at 10. It was a great value. It was a great pick. It was a great player. It, that would have been what you would have done. I, you're not going inside linebacker top five. That being said, if Drew Locke gets in there and struggles, all bets are off. And you're, if you're 3-13 and 13 and picking in the top three or four picks, you are probably talking about a quarterback if right. Drew Locke struggles. That's why you need to find that out. Next one from Threat Level Midnight. It is, an, it is two emojis, an upside-down smiley face and a little squirt gun pointed at it. He's thirsty. He just wants to <laughs> squirt some water into the, his the, mouth. The, 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 uh, the gun is pointed right at his mouth, so yes, I think he is thirsty. Yeah, just... Yeah. Dan Burke chimes in. Maybe he's thirsty, too. This sounds weird, but the thought of watching a rebuild as a Broncos fan is pretty intriguing, and I'm looking forward to it. If the powers that be let it happen. Realistically, Sanders is the most easily movable trade chip. Several teams have tried to acquire him in the past. Kyle Shanahan loves him. As far as I'm aware, tried to trade for him a couple years back, and he's currently playing in the same offense, so that's a no-brainer. And they're off to a 4-0 start? 3-0. They were had their bye in week four. Okay. Mm. Belichick tried to sign him once already until Pittsburgh matched the offer sheet and has always had a lot of respect for Sanders. I remembered him praising the heck out of him after watching Malcolm Butler game. Honestly, I'd be happy to trade Sanders to the Patriots if it keeps the Chiefs out of the Super Bowl. Plus, I'm always glad to see former Broncos doing well for themselves, and I think Sanders would be really, really good in that offense. Speaking of Sanders, Elway is rightfully getting a lot of heat right now, but signing Sanders was one of the best moves he made as a general manager. Sure, he chooses the Broncos over Kansas City because of Manning, but identifying a player who has a wide receiver two in Pittsburgh with extremely limited production and acknowledging that there were traits for him to be a number one with some development is something people rarely give him credit for. That's true. I think last week we gave John credit for a lot of these guys that, that he signed. Of course, uh, outside of DeMarcus Ware and Peyton Manning, we gave him credit for uh, taking the risk on Aqib Tlaib, DRC, all those guys. Mace, this is an important uh, thing to know about someone on this podcast. In the AFC Championship game last year, were you pulling for the Chiefs or the Patriots? I think this is easy for Mace. I guess not. The Patriots. Okay, yeah, so are we. Because (laughs) I want to keep my Chiefs jokes. Yes, that's exactly what we said all week before that game. (laughs) That said, it's like the scene in Moneyball where where Brad Pitt as Billy Bean asks um, Jonah Hill's character, would you rather take a bullet to the head or five to the chest? And he responds, are those my only two options? <laughs> yep, that's that's definitely exactly what this is like. And unfortunately, we're going to have to have this conversation again this year. Yeah. We might be playing that would you rather game a lot. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, We might have to do some would you rathers as if this thing gets really out of control this year. I like right. it. Yeah. All right. From Brent G. Happy Monday, gents. I'm just glad we lost in a different way. That's some optimism. <laughs> I was so sick of the we need our offense to get going so our defense can get a rush excuse. Me too. We did everything all the coaches were saying we need to do, and we still found a way to have a bad team beat us. Let's get this tank rolling with a fire sale, boys. Sell them off. Here, guy Brent. I'm all for a fire sale. Me too. Love a good fire sale. (laughs) Everything must go. Well, not everything, but expiring contracts must go. Yes. (laughs) Kirk Smith, 44. Guess what? We still effing suck. I'm not going to waste my energy complaining about it, though. Real quick, maybe they could put one of those wacky, wavy, inflatable, arm-flailing tube man outside. (laughs) 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 The big sign that says uh, everything must go. (laughs) 
from again for Kirk Smith. Was wondering if you guys will be on Google Podcasts again. I see DNVR Avalanche is on there, but there are no new episodes on BSN Broncos, and there isn't a DNVR Broncos pod to be found on the app. Hope it happens soon because listening to the BSN app doesn't work when the phone screen turns off. Thanks, guys, and sorry you have to cover such a terrible team. We just suck. Uh, yeah, we thought we had that fixed. We're just having issues with Google. It's not our fault. It's their fault. So be mad at them. Um, you could also, if you're on Android, which I assume you are, if you're using Google podcasts, um, you could download Stitcher or Overcast. There's a couple other apps there that will work better. I hate to inconvenience you in such a way, but until we get that fixed, that's one way to, uh, to get around it. Otherwise, just hold tight with us. Next one coming in from Super Bowl and says, Ladies and gentlemen, think of it like this. Every loss, in theory, provides us with an even better player than the previous week. Another potential great addition to our young core. Okay, I get that maybe thinking like that might not be the most exciting or reassuring, but guys, it's okay to be in rebuild mode. I trade multiple losing seasons for a Super Bowl win, especially the kind of season we had that year. I think we need to do a spotlight on the big man wearing 14. He came out in camp talking about how talking the talk and now he is walking the walk his stats may not jump out of something special but he routinely comes up clutch with clutch catches late in games i think we have found something special in him all right can Cortland sutton be a wide receiver one yes okay he can be because remember last year what happened to his production when you took emmanuel sanders out of the equation when he had the achilles injury yeah, well, back then he could only one, run one route, right. and now number can, one corners were very easily taking that route away. Right. Now he can do a lot more, but the question I still have is, if you take Sanders out of the equation, and it would not surprise, I think, any of us if Emmanuel Sanders is not on this team within the next three to four weeks because of a trade, what happens to his production as teams shade to him a little bit more, even though he has more branches on the route tree in his arsenal right now. You know what, Mace? Let's not, let's not wonder. Let's find out. Absolutely. But, yeah, you are happy with his production, and he's going in the right direction. But that's the next step for him if he is a true wide receiver one that teams can shade their covers to him and they still can't contain him. He can still make plays. And when that happens and when you see that, you'll know you've got a keeper that you're working to sign a long-term extension for. From Atwater Hall of Fame, new subscriber, first-time poster, Atwater 4 Hall of Fame, not to be confused with Steve Atwater Hall of Fame. <laughs> love the Atwater love in the comments. <laughs> new subscriber, first-time poster, apologies on a long-winded first post. While it was another heartbreaker, this 0-4 start is what the organization needed. Elway can no longer ignore the rebuild that is staring back at him. A win is a marriage and just – a win is a mirage and just kicks the can down the road. <laughs> while potentially wasting trade deadline opportunities to be sellers. To me, the tent poles of the next great Broncos team are Chubb, Simmons, Sutton, Lindsey, Reisner, Fant, and hopefully Locke. Really like the play of McGovern and Hamilton as well, and some hopefuls in Hollins, uh, uh, Draymond Jones, and Reed. Unfortunately, anyone else sitting on a second contract should be made available to free up cap space and add any draft capital. Mace, am I wrong in thinking Deferro's f- uh, and am I wrong in thinking deferring Flacco's bonus isn't a big deal? Yes, the dead cap uh, hits pushed to the next two years, but isn't that offset by the rollover cap that is generated this year under the assumption they don't go out and make a trade, which would be comical at this point? Love the pod, and we'll continue listening no matter how dark the days may get. You're not wrong, 
Atwater for Hall of Fame. I mean, it's one of those things where you may hear people going on about, oh, you're creating all this dead money for 2020 if you let him go then. But in terms of overall accounting, it's a wash because if you don't trade for anybody or don't sign somebody into extension, you're taking this, the savings you create on this year's cap and you're presumably rolling over every dollar of that into next year's cap to make it happen. So it's, it's six of one, half a dozen of the other. It's actually kind of interesting. Yeah. The more you understand it. Now, it depends on if you do something. Because if you go sign Justin Simmons, well, then you compare that, right? Right. Um, and maybe you compare that as, as a positive thing. It was interesting to see um, Justin see his temper flare up a little bit there at the end of the game. Uh, it, it took a lot for him to reach his breaking point, but I feel like he did there on that last series. Yep. Yep. I think, of- I think there were a lot of guys who had their breaking point. At that moment, that's why I really worry about next week for this team that it could go out to L.A. and get absolutely blasted. Yep. So, oh, jeez. Yeah, it's it's rough. Mile high cans and gentlemen, I am trying to remain positive, but man, is this team good at sucking the life out of us all? I've tried to be what seems like the lone wolf on Elway being the right GM, but the thought of bringing Peyton into that role seems to be more enticing. Peyton is more connected to the current game, would love a front office role in the mile high. Thoughts? You guys are the best and do a great job keeping us fans engaged. We appreciate you. How weird would it be if Peyton came in and started trading all of his former teammates that he won a <laughs> Super Bowl with? And signing his old teammates out of retirement? Yeah. <laughs> Reggie Wayne, now a Bronco. <laughs> I'd like to welcome C.J. Anderson back to the Broncos running back room. <laughs> yep. He how was would a big C.J. guy. How would it not be sexy to have Peyton back? I mean, uh, on the surface, well, it sounds Well, the forehead so <laughs> not that sexy. <laughs> no, it totally would. I mean, it would be the talk of the, the league. Everyone would love it. All of his press conferences would be appointment viewing. Yep. It's- He'd probably hang tight with Vic for a while, too. Because there's a relationship there for Peyton and Vic going back literally 30 years to when Peyton was a kid. Things keep – I would have told you just forget about it, but things keep trending this way. I'm not taking anything off the table. Peyton was there yesterday. He was, hanging out with Gardner before the game. He doesn't miss a Broncos game. Next one coming in from Bumpy Buffalo. He says, hey, guys, a few notes. I was actually at the game and saw a few things. Sorry for not making the tailgate. was running late. You're banned. I'm still calling for Brandon Allen. He wasn't even announced, and when he came out of the tunnel, he was pumping his hands and was so excited. Flacco, who was announced, just trotted out with zero excitement. Flacco is is warming up, throwing to Fant, and just lob, lob, lob. Allen is warming up next to him, taking steps back, rolling out firing bullets and dimes to Sanders. I understand Flacco is, quote, serviceable, but just such a bore to watch. Also, neat stats. Noah Fant is our third leading receiver, third in receiving touchdowns, and has a rushing attempt and a defensive tackle. Think he could play linebacker? He has the size to stuff a gap and speed and size to cover another athletic tight end. Anything has to be better than Corey Nelson. Throwing him out there and just say, you follow that guy, and if it's a run, just hit someone. Let's be the second team to make the playoffs after an 0-4 start. Go Broncos. You are the last optimist, Bumpy Buffalo. <laughs> hey, I've been the saying second team to make the playoffs. Noah Fant to linebacker is the, <laughs> the cure to all of their ailments for a while. I don't want to risk him at linebacker. I mean, what if he goes out there and makes a tackle and breaks a finger or something like that? Yeah. Suggested to Vic today. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he has the linebacker build. Maybe more of a defensive end. Yeah. One thing I will say in regard to watching Flacco and Brandon Allen in warm-ups. You know, 
you're not going to use all your bullets and warm-ups if you, have to, if you know you have to go out and fire them. <laughs> so, of course, Joe Flacco is going to kind of lob it in there, lob it in there as he's warming up, and Brandon Allen's going to be coming out there throwing heat. Yeah, That's Brandon, his chance to, talk, to, to throw some gas, to throw some fastballs. His plan worked. He wanted to look dope in warm-ups, and he was <laughs> yeah. hoping one person in the stands would notice. <laughs> From Space Bar, no game comment. As I live in Augusta, Georgia, home of the Masters, I can honestly say the roaches are real. <laughs> Thank you. Five feet long, screeching voices, flying in your face. I try to smash them with a sledgehammer, and they just raise their little leg and toss it away. Once I threw a grenade into my garage, hoping to stop just one. It threw it back into my kitchen. <laughs> I may have made that last part up. I'll take your mouse trap over the roaches any day. Go Broncos. I, th- I thought I wanted to go to Augusta. No, nope, that's never. just the South. That's the never. whole South. Trust me on this. And you just get used to it after a while. Although when you're trying to be nice, like sometimes in the South, they have these ancient terms that sound a little bit gentler than the actual term. For example, we know them as cockroaches, right? Well, some people, when they're trying to be discreet, they'll say, oh, it's just a palmetto bug. <laughs> a palmetto bug. Yeah, that does that. I can imagine like a... Old, like an old southern bell in the kitchen. Being yeah. like, oh, naughty dear, that's just a palmetto bug. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness gracious. Vertical uh, socks. <laughs> Three things. Number one, knowing that Jacksonville's offense is built around power running up the middle, how do you not have Mike Purcell active? Even a casual fan would not have made that egregious of a of mistake. Good point. I, I, I got nothing. I don't know what's yeah. happened to Mike Purcell, why he's been down the last few games. I think part of it is they look at the defensive line and say, we need five defensive linemen, and we want some more pass rush punch in the sub package, and that's why you have Draymond Jones and Demarcus Walker up and Mike Purcell down. But at the same time, Shelby Harris is not playing well right now. Yep. Why wouldn't you give Mike Purcell a look? By the way, Zach Kerr, just chilling. Still out there. He's a big boy. Yep. They could use that. Number two, Vic was doing the bending over, hanging head, hands on knees thing again. Someone has got to talk to him about that. You just cannot have your head coach showing that type of body language. I've got a great place for him to go where no one will, ha- will be able to see his body language. <laughs> <laughs> it's the box. <laughs> Number three, you could really see the Jaguars feed off Ming shoes passion and energy by contrast Flacco was once again sitting quietly by himself on the bench he just isn't what this young offense needs they need a young passionate leader with a kid who they can feed off of Locke must start as soon as he is ready straight from your brain to my brain my friend we have a slack channel for our company and on one of the things is a technical support I'm going to reach out to technical support and see if we can get a countdown on the front of dnvrbroncos.com. <laughs> that just tells us how many days, hours, seconds, minutes. Until Drew Locke is eligible to play. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love that. Next one coming in, get this name. From Elway. In Elway, we rust. Oh. Wow. Hey, guys, I feel Ouch. very conflicted hoping Denver doesn't win, but also wanting them to win at the same time. What is it? What is your therapist-level advice for coping with these unfamiliar emotions? Strawberry Sky, Colorado Corp. <laughs> there we go. got to uh, prepare for a lot of them. <laughs> United in Orange. Also, I hear PFM is looking for an office job. Any chance we would bring him in to learn from Elway and become a GM for the future? Do I don't you, think Peyton do you, wants to learn from Joe. Yeah, at this point, do you want him learning from what's in the building right now? <laughs> Honestly, imagining Peyton... Being under anyone is right. just hard to imagine in any the, the, context. This is our intern, 
Peyton. I mean, that's how I, that's how you could set up an episode of Peyton's Places. Right. Uh, Peyton yeah. is an intern. Right. I imagine uh, Peyton walking in here with Vita Mobile IV. Yes. <laughs> yeah, he's got that kind of cachet. L- last question. Is Bryce Callahan a real player? I have yet to see him, and I think he might be made up so we can launder more money to our younger guys and keep them motivated for seasons to come. Wow. Can't confirm one way or the other. <laughs> Um, next one's for Bronco Matt. Hey guys, I just want to start off before I go negative. You guys always make me laugh. Even in the Delore, is that a word? Yes. It is to be a Broncos fan. Um, and, and I was talking to some people at the tailgate yesterday and it, it gave me confidence because we talked last week about how some people were upset that we tried to make light of the situation and a couple different people at the tailgate yesterday were like, please never stop making light. It's the only <laughs> thing that keeps me going. <laughs> so, all right. He says... First Broncos go 0 and 16. It's been a sneaking feeling since before the start of the season. Wow. Oh man. Also, how much? What kind of odds could you have got on betting the Broncos to go 0 and 16 in Vegas? <laughs> to be worse than Adam Rank's prediction. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also, as I keep saying, nothing will change until Elway and Darth Ellis are gone. Regardless of the coach, this team will be bad until the top is fixed. We could have Bill Belichick and still be this product. Uh, an interesting thing about Bill is he is the head coach and GM. So my only hope for the season is uh, I paid $210 for a tickets to Brown versus Broncos. Robbed me. Hopefully this game is the first game of Drew Locke. Hopefully I get to see the start of this young man. Keep up the great coverage and keep us laughing. Uh, if they had Bill Belichick, they'd be 3-1 and one at minimum right now. Yeah. Yeah, Bill would <laughs> solve all the problems. But what's interesting, the he- he's the head coach and GM. That was a model that was in vogue around the league for – couple of decades, Mike Shanahan, even though he didn't have the GM title, he was effectively in charge of player personnel. The general managers, first Neil Dolan, then Ted Sundquist, reported to him. Belichick has both roles in effect, but there are very is the general school of thought that very few people walking the earth can handle the head coach and GM roles, especially in what the game has evolved to and sometimes what happens and we saw it in Denver Mike Shanahan the GM basically let down Mike Shanahan the head coach because when you have the head coach and GM that are one in the same unless you're Bill Belichick sometimes you are making these short-term moves to try to get things right Mike Shanahan kept putting on band-aid after band-aid after band-aid in 06, 07, 08, and delayed the rebuild of the team. Kind of sounds familiar, even though the Broncos have a separate head coach and general Mm. manager, does it not? Yep. (sighs) Sure does. And before we move forward, you guys know that supporting local business is in our blood, and we're super excited to tell you about the Denver Rubber Company. And no, not those rubbers. Denver Rubber Company has provided the highest quality products from custom die-cut gaskets, molded rubber, to custom contract manufacturing and custom hoses drc offers innovative solutions to serve a diverse line of industries including aerospace pharmaceutical construction medical military electronics and so much more do not hesitate to call the denver rubber company at 1-800-259-0010 or visit them at drcfirst.com backslash dnvr and tell them who sent you. Easy initials to remember. Just think of DRC, the former Broncos cornerback. Yep, exactly. Bright spots, Devontae Bosby, who looks a little bit like DRC. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. From Wade Myers, okay, Broncos country, it's darkest before the dawn. Here we go. Ryan, I've told you since week one, this team plays like it wants to go 0-16. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. <laughs> Back-to-back 0-16 comments. I know, but, but 
just quickly, if you could hear the ruckus that was taking place in the locker room as we were waiting to go in there before we were allowed as a media, you would know that this team does not want to lose. They don't like losing. They hate it. Unfortunately, they just might not be good enough to avoid it. Yeah. I wish I hadn't been up there do, working on my cold snacks. I mean, I missed a lot. You didn't really miss much, <laughs> except for just a lot of faint sounds of yelling and screaming. Yeah, we're all trying to find out the specific cause of the ruckus. Depends. You hear on on the on the down low. You hear different things from different sources. I'm calling my shot now. Broncos go 0-16 with a mix of bad luck, bad play, horrible coaching, and a just brutal schedule. I respect where you're coming from, Wade. This team is not going. 0-16. I would what, bet a lot of money on that. But what if they did? What is the tie? It's never happened in NFL history. What is the tiebreaker if two teams go 0-16 for the number one overall pick? Strength of schedule. And I think the Broncos Ooh. would actually... It would hurt them that they had the better strength of schedule? No. It helps. Oh. Or it would hurt them that they had the better strength of schedule. Because remember two years ago, the Broncos had a weak schedule, went 5-11. and They won the tiebreaker. Right. So basically... That you, you don't want a strength of schedule because it means you lost to better teams. The other team lost to worse teams, so they are effectively worse. You would be rooting for, for example, let's say it's with Miami. You'd be rooting for New England. You'd be rooting for Buffalo to win every non-divisional game. You'd be rooting for the Jets to somehow turn around. You'd be rooting for the Chargers and Raiders to also go in the tank. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> God, we don't want to go down that road. But the thing that might make the difference is the fact that the – AFC West is paired with the NFC North. It seems possible that all four NFC North teams finish with winning records this uh, year. Uh, and that would hurt the strength uh, of A possibility <laughs> until it's not, but let's just hope that doesn't happen. Or maybe you're out there hoping it does happen. From Bronco Brawler, okay, I'm saying it even though it isn't going to happen. PFF analyst Steve Palazzolo for GM. He fits the name. Uh, I doubt he actually has the qualifications teams look for in a GM, but we need someone in leadership who isn't afraid to admit the Broncos suck and we need a full rebuild. Oh, Adam Rank. <laughs> I now look forward to these podcasts more than the games. Hey, so thank you, RK, thank Zach, you. and Mace for being the best part about football this season. And you get to have us five, sometimes six days a week. You only get football once. <laughs> um, hopefully Locktober gives, either gives us hope or allows us to lose, but definitively tells us whether Lock has it. I'm not getting my hopes up, though, because I legitimately don't know if Elway's capable of making decisions for the future. Thanks again, DNVR. Damn good coverage. Thank you, Bronco Brawler. We love you. Next one coming in from Chef Adam L. He says, we lost for a fair share of reasons, but I have to ask, how do you get a post-fumble roughing the passer? I can't understand receiving the same protections in that situation. My case is this. If the stash would have fell on the fumble and all 11 of our guys jumped their full weight on him, there would be no call because it's a fumble. His protection as a quarterback is gone. Am I making this up as a homer? Have you guys seen a call like this before? You're making this up as a homer. <laughs> I think the thing is, if he takes, the, if he picks up the ball, even if he does, as long as he doesn't try to run, he stays in the pack pocket. He's still quarterback. He's still subject and, to the protection. And he for involved. sure was looking to pass because he literally did pass. <laughs> right, <laughs> right like away. He became a passer when he passed the ball. <laughs> yeah. So. Yep. I get I get the frustration with it, but that's not one that you're going to uh you're going to get back. Again, I looked straight to the sideline because that was my first thought. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to see is Vic Fangio or Ed Dontel or anyone jumping up and down saying, Hey, that's not the rule. No one flinched. And none of the players on the field flinched either. Nope. So Bronco born, Bronco bred. 
Put Fangio in the box. Figure out how to get lock off IR. Just try something new. Too sad to comment more. Hopefully it's true for the Broncos. That's always darkest before the dawn. Do we start playing man in the box? If Vic Fangio goes upstairs to the press box? Wow. Like when they have the intros and, and head coach Vic Fangio and, and the Denver Broncos and they play man in the box over the PA. <laughs> or they play the sound of like a jack in the box. To be introduced, he pops his head out. He's hiding under the desk. If you're 1-14, hey, why would you Wait, not? I think we got an idea for a t-shirt. If Vic Fangio goes upstairs, Vic in the box. <laughs> or how about this? A parody of the old song by Justin Timberlake on Saturday Night Live. Uh-huh. It's my Vic in a box. <laughs> oh. oh, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. We do, tr- we do still have fun. Can't take that away from us. From Bleed Orange Blue. Is Zach Kerr still a free agent? And he spelled Zach Thank the you. Zach way. Yes, I appreciate you. We need a DT who can plug the running holes against opposing running backs. I was so sick of seeing Fournette get 20-yard runs every time he got the ball. I know we all love Will Parks, but we need a safety who can bring the lumber. Steve Atwater, anyone? Yeah. Lumber! We don't, need, we don't have anyone on the defense who is a heat-seeking missile. Thankfully, I have my baseball team in the playoffs, and hockey starts this week. This team is pathetic. Oh, baseball. They're still playing <laughs> that? Hey. Did the Rockies and Broncos season end on the same day? Oh, good oh. tweet. Yeah. Yeah, thought about it too the late. The Avs are going to have multiple chances to get their first win before the Broncos get theirs. And at least people can watch the Broncos. Oh, that's true. Oh, well, oh. there's ways. <laughs> there are. There are. There's ways. always a way. You might infect your computer, but there are ways. <laughs> Where there's a will, there is a way. Um, the real links, I think, is next. Who's got it? I can take it. Okay, haven't listened to the pod yet. So first, a few thoughts. Number one, the play calling in the first half was beautiful. Not in half a decade have I seen wide-open receivers catching passes from a serviceable quarterback. Number two, the play calling didn't change in the second. What did was Joe Flacco falling asleep once again and not keeping his guys on the field. Number three, reserved. Number four, where the bleep was Lindsay in the second half? All caps, question mark, exclamation point, over and over and over again. Number five, would Drew Locke have let that lead go so easily? I think not, sirs. In fact, I think that if he had played, we would have beaten the Jaguars with a 30 bomb. Uh, I, I don't know. I have no evidence to suggest otherwise. <laughs> My guess is if they get the lead and Drew Locke is the quarterback, that Rich Gangrello gets cautious in his play calling. Maybe they give the ball to number 30. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, yes, they might, they, they might not have let it go so easily. They would have maybe held the ball for, oh, five plays or six plays. Right. With four minutes to go in the third quarter. Number six, nice to see Fant get some attention as well as a gorgeous touchdown. Number seven, reserved. Number eight, offensive line struggled at times but mostly held back. An impressive pass rush. I definitely enjoyed that. Another no-holding game for Bowles. Let's keep this train wreck moving forward, guys. You do great work. Can't wait to listen to the pod. Do train wrecks move forward? Uh, for a second, yeah. <laughs> yeah until they <laughs> until they stop. Yeah, so exactly. So it's moving forward as, in the words of Chris Harris, for another 13 weeks. Real quick, I want to find a tweet here from our friend Zach By, friend of the program. Um, check out this on Noah Fant. 
he is on pace to finish uh, his rookie season with more yards and receptions than the rookie seasons of Zach Ertz, Hunter Henry, Vernon Davis, Greg Olson, Jason Witten, Antonio Gates, Shannon Sharp, and Tony Gonzalez. Literally the the best <laughs> tight ends of all time. This is my point. This is why I keep coming back to the fact that measured against other first-round tight ends of the last 30 years, Noah Fant is on pace to have one of the best three or four seasons of that group. He is ahead of the curve. You want him to cut the holding penalties, obviously, two and four games, but he's doing fine as a receiver, as what he does best. All And a season like this can become a 1,000-yard season in year two or year three, which for a tight end is exceptionally impressive in his Pro Bowl slash All-Pro level. Uh, it, he, I think he earned his brick yesterday, and I mean in the foundation. He officially got a brick in the foundation yesterday, and he was trending towards it, but I really liked what I saw. And how about this for spin? His holding penalty actually helped the team as it took them longer to score a touchdown (laughs) on that drive. But Emmanuel Sanders has got to have the awareness on the next play to stay in bounds. So that's two losses now in which the awareness of the most veteran players on this team cost them a win. Of the guys that you would have thought would have that awareness. Chris Harris obviously touching down Allen Robinson mm-hmm. and and Emmanuel Sanders not staying in bounds. Now, because I, I, he, here's the thing. If Emmanuel stays in bounds, that's instead of a minute 30 left on the clock, you're talking about a minute. And here's also a difference between what you had earlier this decade and what you have now. If Emmanuel Sanders goes out of bounds and Peyton Mang's in the huddle, Peyton MFs him into oblivion. But then they also probably mm. run the ball on the next play. Yeah, Just run it into the middle of the, of the defense, force them to take a timeout. It, it's the oh. it, there's desperation holy cow what some huge breaking news coming down from adam schefter no that bradley chubb tore his acl and is out for the year oh man holy cow so he played l- l- look at that speaking of the young guys speaking of guys you you want to build around obviously you never ever want this but look at the heart and passion and desire that he played in the will to mm. that he played with yesterday. He probably tore that in the, at the beginning of the second half, sometime in the third quarter. Okay, the, the tank is on. Yep. Oh God. Season's over. I mean, I'm not not even clinging to zero point eight three percent. It's oh season over. Uh, Done. I, I can't think of anything right now but just feeling bad for Bradley. Yeah. And this was something that was shared with me after the game that I found to be really interesting. And when I asked around on it, I wasn't able to uncover anything. They were, they were keeping this pretty close to the vest. And especially since he came back into the game, I didn't read too much into it, but someone that was uh, near the sideline told me that when Bradley went into the tent, he was in tears. And I thought, man, those must've been some really bad cramps because he came back out and played, but, Oh, poor Bradley. I feel really bad for him. Finally gets a sack, has played really good football for the most part this season, and now... uh. Well, we know that you can come back from this, and Von Miller had a torn ACL that ended his his third pro season back in 2013, and it turned out he came back better than ever. So it's going to be an arduous rehab for Bradley Chubb, but you have every bit of confidence that... In 11 months, when the 2019 or 2020 season gets underway, that he could be back and operating at normal capacity and maybe even better than he was before. But for this team that's already taking punch after punch after punch, this feels like the knockout. Yeah. 
Is there any, well, I mean, one positive here, you're going to get to see a lot of Malik Reed. Welcome to the show, kid. Yeah, you start uh, finding out about him. Does it make it harder to trade Vaughn? Or should that not impact it at that all? That shouldn't impact it at all because you have to think long term. Who is your other Justin Hollins outside line? Uh, I mean, hey, rookie movement. Yeah. Um, oh, Holl- now Hollins worked as sub package inside backer yesterday once Josie Jewell went down. I, I want to study him a little more. I there were a couple of plays I noticed that he was a little bit slow to react. Actually, uh, if you look on the Oshak Hennessy touchdown catch. He's in there, but uh, I, I, he also may have just been passing O'Shaq Hennessy to the safety. I can't stop saying O'Shaq Hennessy. Thank you, Key and Peel. Oh man, I don't even know what to say. I where, don't either. Where, where to go? This just like took the wind out of out of the sails. Yeah, it does. Again, I just I can't help but just feel so bad for Bradley. He worked so hard. He was re- like. Uh, so what, what's the timetable usually on something like this? Eight eight to nine months? Remember Chris Harris Jr. had the ACL injury back in January of 2014 and didn't play in the preseason but returned for week one of the 2014 season. So I mean, it, it was it, that was best case scenario and it was a little bit and it was eight months on the nose. Usually with ACL, you like nine to ten months ideally. So, so where does that get? That, that would us- get Bradley Chubb. Back on the field at the start of training camp. That's okay. That's okay. It sucks. He'll be off to the side doing mental reps next off season, in all likelihood as they ease him back in. But he, there's no reason why he should not be full tilt ready to go at the start of training camp for practices. I imagine they may hold him back from the games just to be on the safe side until week one. Then I think week one he's back, and I, I, there's no reason why he won't be himself. Yep. And again, if you're looking for the light in this, Malik Reed going to get a chance to show that he is more than just a good story. And let's say John was on the edge of, do I rebuild? Do I need to keep trying to win? Come on, this tells you what you need to do, without a doubt. Yep. Like I said, it's over. The season's over. Yep. Sorry. Sorry, Broncos fans. Poor Bradley. Seriously, if 0-4 couldn't get worse, and of course, we never want to talk about uh, you know, what injury? Let me ask you, which one would hurt the most? It's this. What hurts you long-term as well. I mean, yeah. again, he should be back, but he he's a core foundational player. Of course, on the flip side, think about this. You weren't trading Bradley Chubb. He's going to be a part of this team yeah. in all likelihood for a long time. If you lose a player you're going to trade, that m- might hurt you more because what happens then is you can't deal him, and then his free agency value might be affected, and you might not get back in comp picks what you expected to get back. Yeah, yeah. I, I, the the uh, the thing that really bums me out, though, is just that he's losing a year of development. I mean, you would have hoped that next year he becomes a true veteran, you know? Like, he's played in 32 games as an NFL player, and, and now, you know, there's no – you don't have to worry about him being young. He just He just goes – and wouldn't you have kind of liked to see, if you do trade Vaughn, what Bradley Chubb is like when he's getting attention 1A without there being a 1B or a 1A ahead of him in Vaughn Miller? You, you would have liked to see that. But, man, my heart just goes out for him. This is a guy whose work ethic is off the chains, never takes a playoff. And we saw just how big his heart is and, and how much he loves this game yesterday by playing, finishing the game on a torn ACL. Don't forget also you're about to see all the uh... – Twitter GMs calling and saying, well, shouldn't let Shaq Barrett go. 
Yeah. Even though nothing that, to do with this. Nothing yeah. to do with it. I'm just telling you right now. Nothing to do with that. Shaq wanted to start. The Broncos couldn't offer him that opportunity. And then he took a contract that bet on himself, and now he's going to reap a huge cash reward in the 2020 offseason, probably from Tampa Bay. Oh, man. That really, 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 really sucks. Really sucks. Um, takes It just takes one of the fun storylines of this season out, watching Bradley Chubb develop and, and mm-hmm. hopefully become you know a star. All right, we just lost a good chunk of our time here for the questions before we have to jump away, but let's just try and knock out a few more before we head into uh, to speak with Vic Fangio. And this one comes in from Make the Broncos Great Again. Guys, I'm so bewildered, confused, befuddled, perplexed, whatever adjectives you want to call it. That's me right now. After all the talk and deep dive analysis, I would have never thought in my wildest dreams that the Broncos could start the season 0-4. It's like finding out that you're what you're getting for Christmas, then opening the present to discover that it's something completely different. I was so excited for Vic Fangio. In fact, in the last 40 years, he and Mike Shanahan have been the only two Broncos head coaches I've actually been excited about. But for now, we seem to suck even worse than we did the last two years, which is really hard to believe. In my opinion, this team has no heart. Tim Tebow, and I'm not a Tim Tebow fan, had more heart in his left pinky than our entire team does right now. Where's the fire? Where's the will to win? That's what we brought to the field in Super Bowl 50. I don't see that now. Our defense was uh, was not only rated by you guys as preseason number one, that was just me, but also nationally ranked right up there as well. What the heck? How did we somehow get worse? Is it coaching or is it personnel? Both is the easy answer, but I want to drill down deeper and find out. Thanks for the help as always. Lots to unpack there. Yeah, what do you think? What is the reason why the defense has underachieved? The main reason. I think the main reason is that Vic Fangio is trying to install his scheme and the Broncos don't have the personnel to do what he wants them to do particularly an inside linebacker. Yeah, and just look historically back. I know Vic hasn't started with the talent that he has when he's gone to San Francisco, when he's gone uh, to, to the Bears, but still, he needs his players. He needs his system, and that takes years if you look at history. And I would say this, though. It's probably on Vic Fangio to adapt his scheme a little bit to what he has and the limitations that, he's, that he has at some positions. All right. Uh, probably one more here before we get out of here. This one's from H-Town Bronco. He says, sorry to tell you guys, I know Ryan didn't want to say it, but the Broncos are a train wreck. We're the same as the Dolphins and the Redskins. And it wasn't that I didn't want to say it. I was just saying it's hard to to rationalize them being in that same category. He says, other teams are looking at us and laughing at us. It is what it is. No owner and an arrogant GM with no accountability still trying to live the good old days, not wanting to change with the times, signing and drafting players off potential instead of production. We are losers. But I still love my losers. I still wear my jerseys every Sunday, and I still rep my team. Tough time to be alive. Guess I'll bring my brown bag with me to the Texans games. The Broncos are now the team with the fans who wear brown bags over their heads at away games. Hmm. I wonder if fans in Denver will start doing that. It's an old New Orleans Saints thing, of course. They started the baghead thing back in 1980. How bad does it have to get? <laughs> I hope that I think happens. it could happen after 0-5. I think Broncos fans have more pride in their team than that. But you never know. All right. Hate to do this, uh, but if you had a question that we didn't get to, we're really sorry. And if you want to uh, talk about it tomorrow, we're happy to get to it. Then if you just copy and paste it over to that podcast, uh, again, the Bradley Chubb news kind of derailed us here. And I think the Broncos could probably uh, relate to that. So... With that, we're going to wrap up for today and go talk to Vic Fangio, see what he has to say. Make sure you follow all the coverage on thednvr.com. We will have the instant reaction there. And we'll talk to you tomorrow on the DNVR Broncos podcast. It's getting me down, waiting for you. Cause I could have just.
Green Mountain Dental has a long-standing tradition of being one of Lakewood's best family dental care offices. Um, I have been a patient since I was three, which is in 1974. You know, my parents, myself, and now my children all go there. It's just a great place to be, very positive experience with them, definitely. New patients can receive free teeth whitening trays when they schedule a cleaning, x-ray, and exam. Also, all colored sport mouth guards start at just $25. The doctors will come out and visit with you, um, ask you how your family is doing. You know, just very friendly and family oriented. It's just very comfortable to, to be there. That's GreenMountainDentalGroup.com. Where you say-